The concept of working from home is no longer particularly new, but what is new is how certain real estate developers are integrating the concept into their buildings. Writer Gregory Schmidt reminds us the pandemic forced an exodus of workers from offices in 2020. Even as workplaces reopen in the context of vaccinations and fewer fatalities. 59% of employees are still working remotely, according to a survey released earlier this year by the Pew Research Center. Among those remote workers, 78% indicate that they want to continue to work remotely after the pandemic, up from 64% two years earlier. In response, developers across the U.S. are doing what they can to make remote work more convenient to attract prospective tenants. Some refer to this as an amenities war, one that is largely trans. Inspiring within luxury rental buildings and condominiums, among the must-have conveniences being offered in residential dwellings are private offices, conference rooms, wall-mounted monitors, podcasting booths, and of course, high-speed internet. There is something else: since so many people are both living and working in the same space, many people have been looking for additional square footage. The size of the average new apartment has increased 9.6 percent since pandemic onset. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by Cheyenne Devon, writing on behalf of CNBC, from coast to coast, homebuyers are on the hunt for affordability, even if that means leaving their current city. According to a report published by real estate brokerage firm Redfin, a record number of potential U.S. homebuyers are seeking to relocate. The report ranks the cities Redfin users are most likely to try to leave. At the top of the list are three very expensive markets: San Francisco, Los Angeles, and New York. The typical home in San Francisco or San Jose, home to Silicon Valley, costs more than 1.5 million dollars, according to Redfin. Given that 30-year fixed mortgage rates are presently above 5%, that translates into extremely large monthly mortgage payments. Approximately 33% of Redfin users searched for homes in new cities during this year's second quarter. Rounding out the list of cities that many residents are seeking to leave behind are Washington D.C., Seattle, Boston, Detroit, Denver, Chicago, and Minneapolis. To compile the list, Redfin analyzed searches across more than 100 metropolitan areas. From about two million of its users, based on searches, the list of cities likely to attract more residents includes Tampa, Phoenix, and Sacramento. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Not many people spend their time lamenting the circumstances of America's upper middle class. After all, these people enjoy rather sizable incomes. The Federal Reserve defines these households as earning in the range of seventy-five thousand dollars per annum to about one hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. Moreover, poor families are more likely to feel the effects of inflation more deeply, especially when essentials like gasoline, electricity, and food have become so expensive. But as pointed out by the Wall Street Journal, perhaps we should invest a bit more sympathy in the plight of the nation's upper middle class. Entry-level workers have tended to enjoy the largest percentage wage increases. Moreover, they are less likely to be exposed to America's volatile financial markets. Meanwhile, wealthier families have been hurt by financial market losses. According to the Federal Reserve, over 2022's initial three months. 
upper-middle-class families lost a larger share of their stock portfolios than the people who make even more than them. What's more, since pandemic onset, the upper-middle class saved less than most of the people who earn less than them, according to Moody's analytics. Their debt has also grown faster, by about 2% during the year's first quarter, as they took on greater debt for auto loans and on credit cards. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Americans are right to complain about inflation. Between June of last year and June of this, economy-wide prices expanded by 9.1% according to the Consumer Price Index, the highest rate of inflation registered in more than 40 years. But as pointed out by the New York Times, inflation is a global phenomenon, and the U.S. has actually fared better along this dimension than many other nations in recent months. The primary factors that have driven inflation higher in the United States have also impacted other parts of the world, including the disruption of supply chains by COVID, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and elevated consumer demand for goods. In the U.S., demand for goods has probably played a larger role than elsewhere. Large federal stimulus packages issued by both the Trump and Biden administrations have empowered many Americans to purchase big-ticket items like automobiles, furniture, appliances, and computers. In Europe, supply issues have arguably played a bigger role. The five-month-old war in Ukraine more directly shocked the European economy than the balance of the world, in large measure because it induced the continent to begin to quickly end its reliance on Russian oil and natural gas. That helped prompt Europe's recent surge in inflation. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu. Many of us have been fixated on inflation over the past 18 months or so. Recently, prices have been rising at their most rapid level in 40 years, with the rising price of certain items like gasoline, food, and rent capturing a significant share of the headlines. But far less attention is paid to a phenomenon known as shrinkflation, which also impacts us whether we recognize it or not. As indicated by writer Virginia Postrel, writing on behalf of Bloomberg, shrinkflation transpires when a 22-pound bag of dog food replaces a 30-pound bag, though presumably your pet's appetite doesn't change. It occurs when a 12-pack of K-cups for our coffee makers turns into a 10-pack. All of a sudden, we may be receiving less for our money. Fear not, these smaller packages don't often fool those who compile our inflation statistics. If a 16-ounce box magically becomes a 14-ounce box and price doesn't change, economists can account for that. One simply divides the price of the box by 14 instead of 16 to derive price per ounce. But sometimes shrinkflation is difficult to reflect in statistics. For instance, faced with labor shortages, many hotels have eliminated daily housekeeping. For the same room price, guests are receiving less service. But it's not clear that this form of shrinkflation is captured in inflation data. For WYPR and my esteemed producer Bob White, I'm Aniban Basu.